Hi, guys. So we wanted to give you a warning. Next week, we will not have a new episode. I've started a new job. Ashley went out of town this week. We just decided to save our mental health. We needed to take a week off. I am so sorry. We will be back on the 22nd of March with a brand new, very culty episode. So look forward to that. Thanks, you guys, and enjoy the episode. Did you know Japan and Hawaii are near each other? What? Yes. That's what? Crazy. I did not. I had no idea. Have you Have you looked ever looked at a globe? Well, I mean, Hawaii's on the left. Japan's on the right. Not on a globe, mm, honey. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm tired. I'm hungry. <laughs> Why it's on the left? Japan's on the right. I'm not dumb. Also, even looking. What? I'm so confused. <laughs> what are you confused about? Talking to you makes me feel like I'm gaslighting myself. <laughs> What do you mean? My IQ lowers when we have conversations. Hey, you stop that right now. Now I can't picture a map. (laughs) You're welcome. Can we discuss the case before I'm dumber? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Hi, how are you? It's been a a long 20 minutes. (laughs) You're welcome. Okay. Hey, guys. Right? Go ahead. (laughs) No. I'm nervous. Hey guys, it's Kelly. And I say my name. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) I thought we were switching. But then I said my name. (laughs) You took too long to say my name. Like you couldn't remember. Say my name. Say my name. When no one is around you. Say baby, I love you. If you, I love you too. Say my name, okay. say my name You acting kinda shady And calling me baby Why the sudden change Hey guys, I'm Kelly And I'm Ashley And welcome to A Day With Murder guys so our case today is from march 8 1994 but it's actually another serial killer so it's from a lot more days than that (laughs) a lot more unfortunately (laughs) it's from a lot more a lot more days than that okay all right so henry lewis wallace was born on november 4th 1965 in barnwell south carolina He was raised by his mother, Lottie, and they also lived with Henry's older sister and their great-grandmother. They lived in poverty without electricity and indoor plumbing. His mother had very strict ideas about discipline. On days when she was too tired to discipline her children, she would have them get switches from the yard to whip each other instead of her doing it. So that seems real healthy. Um, (laughs) As Henry began to outgrow his clothes, he was given his older sister's hand-me-downs to wear. Lottie and her grandmother also argued constantly. Henry went to Barnwell High School and was quite popular. He was elected for student council and was a male cheerleader. He graduated in 1983 and went on to attend a semester at South Carolina State College. (gasps) That's a real state. Oh, my God. Okay. See, so like all colleges should be like that. He graduated in 1983 and went on to attend a semester at South Carolina State College and another semester at Denmark Technical College. He also became a part-time disc jockey for a local radio station. He was fired from there for stealing CDs. He then joined the United States Navy in 1985, the same year he married his high school classmate, Moretta Brabham, and also became a stepfather to her little girl. 
While in the Navy, he began using drugs heavily, mainly crack cocaine. He resorted to stealing to pay for his habit. Stationed in Washington, January of 1988, he was arrested for breaking into a hardware store. He bled guilty to second degree burglary, was sentenced to two years probation. All right, so this is where the dates get really weird in this case, because a lot of the stuff I found said he was discharged in 92, but then some other stuff said he was discharged in 1988. And then I also found some stuff that said he was discharged in 1990. So choose your own adventure. In summary, at some point he was discharged from the Navy. Got it. Nailed it. And it all went downhill from there. Fair enough. I don't know if he can be discharged just from active duty and still technically be until he's actively discharged. I, I don't know. But like it's a process, you mean? Yeah. Like where they take him off where he can't go places like he's just I don't know. I don't know how it works, but he was sometimes between 1988 and 1992. He was discharged from the Navy. Fair enough. So in 1990, Wallace met Tashonda. What's that? Tashonda Bethea. In 1990, Wallace met Tashonda Bethea, who was a 17-year-old student at Barnwell High School. I want to interrupt you for just a second. Every single woman in this episode has a fantastic name. (laughs) right really the names in this episode are really top-notch i'm fairly impressed what was the one that i really like uh shauna hawk i loved shauna hawk and then i loved vanessa mack yeah (laughs) yeah i'm with you on that in 1990 wellis met tashana bathia who was a 17 year old student at barnwell high school so if he was born in 65 yeah he was 25 yeah I've done worse. Okay. Wallace met through their mothers who worked together and were friends. Apparently, Wallace had a crush on the teenaged Tashonda and wanted to date her. On the night of March 8th, 1990, Wallace picked Tashonda up as she was walking down the street. He took her to a wooded area and raped her at gunpoint and then strangled her and cut her throat and wrists and then dumped her body in a nearby pond. Her body was discovered a few weeks later. Wallace was questioned, but never charged. The day after Tashonda's body was found in April of 1990, Wallace was arrested on a charge of assault with intent to commit criminal sexual conduct with a minor. Instead of spending any time in jail, he went to a pre-trial program that allowed him to skip over a trial and have his charges expunged from his record. I'm sorry, what? That shouldn't be a thing for a grown man it'd be one thing if he was a teenager sure yeah absolutely i mean you shouldn't do it at all but sometimes teenagers make dumb choices sure and they don't yeah but as a 25 year old man with a child can no that shouldn't even be an option and then for they also he was already a suspect for deshonda's disappearance yeah they have a lot of problems with the way this all these cases are handled (laughs) so yeah not no real trouble or anything in February of 1991, he broke into Barnwell High School, which was the school he went to, and into the radio station he used to work at. He stole equipment from both places and pawned them for money to buy drugs. In 1992, he was arrested near his naval base again, this time for breaking and entering. He was asked to leave the Navy, although his until then unblemished record allowed him to earn an honorable discharge as soon as he returned to civilian life henry's wife left him he ended up moving back in with his mother and his sister who had moved to charlotte north carolina where he eventually became a manager at a taco bell taco bell (laughs) that's the least relevant part of this i had taco bell yesterday it was delicious (sighs) okay so maybe let's have a conversation about what an unblemished record is can we have can we have a chat about what that means because <laughs> i yeah. think i think <laughs> i think there's a lot of blemishes there in the words of Diego montoya I, I do not think that means what you think it means 
<laughs> Please use that as an argument. <laughs> Navy. <laughs> In the words of the illustrious Inigo Montoya, <laughs> you killed my father, prepare to die. No, wait, not that one. Hold on. <laughs> wait, back up. Hold on. Okay. Okay. So there's more. So sometime in 1992, again, the date in this case, especially the beginning, they're really... All over the place. All over the place. It's hard to discover what year things happen, what month things happen. So we just did the best we could. Sometime in 1992, Wallace was charged with raping a 17-year-old girl at gunpoint. A judge, who is now dead, released him without having him post bail. So he Why was... Why is this a thing? He was released on his own recognizance. Ah. Do you know when I got arrested, they wouldn't release me on that? Actually, I think it says something about how the American justice values a piece of machinery over a woman's body. Ah, there we go. We'll go with that. And I mean that quite sincerely. This case never went before the grand jury due to a backlog of cases. So he never got anything. Nope. So that's twice. That's twice. Well, and then he was also a suspect. He's already a suspect in... Well, yeah, he was a suspect, but then he had the intention to commit... What was Rape. It? Yeah. With a minor, and yeah. Nothing. He, nope. And then he was... Already, and at that point, he was already suspected of murdering Tashonda, and yeah. then he did that, and then he did this. Yeah. In addition to the burglary that he was yep. committing. So, it's yeah, like the criminal justice system wants to go after black dudes for drugs, but then they're like, rape? Eh. Eh. Right. No biggie. Oh, well. Not a big deal. We'll we'll get to it eventually. Let's get him for weed first, though. That's the important thing. Then, in May of 1992, he met Sharon Nance. She was a 33-year-old sex worker and a drug dealer. Wallace picked her up, and when she asked for payment for her services, he beat her to death, and then he just dumped her body by railroad tracks. She was discovered a few days later. And I'm certain that because she was a black woman and a sex worker and a drug dealer that there was very little investigation done. A month later, in June of 1992, he came into contact with Caroline Love. Wallace's girlfriend, Sadie McKnight, and Caroline were friends, co-workers at Bojangles, and roommate. Wallace stopped by one night, used his key that Sadie had given him, and let himself into the apartment. Caroline came home from work, and she and Wallace chatted for a moment. He went to leave, and he kissed her on the cheek. She made a comment that if he promised not to do it again, that she wouldn't tell Sadie. This enraged him, and he put her into a chokehold until she was barely conscious. Then he dragged her into her bedroom and raped her. Once she began to struggle, he reached for the closest object, which was her curling iron, and he strangled her with the cord. He then proceeded to wrap her body up in sheets, placed her in a large orange garbage bag, and dragged the bag out to his car. He then drove away, and he eventually dumped her body in a ditch nearby. After three days, Caroline's manager at Bojangles called her sister Kathy, who also worked at Bojangles, letting her know that her sister had missed several shifts at work. So why did he wait three three days? I don't know. I feel like my work would notice if I wasn't there. And apparently Caroline was super reliable. Like she always showed up for work. She was super reliable. Yeah. So can you not call the sister? Could you maybe call the police? Or call, or the, call the roommate? Or call the roommate and say, hey, because Sadie worked there too, right? Yeah. Sadie yeah. worked at Bojangles. Yeah. So like, hey, did Caroline oversleep? Like, can you tell her to come in? Where's she been? What's going on? Because you know Kathy I mean? had just apparently had just had three days off for her birthday. So she wasn't even at work. So... Do better, be better. Okay. Kathy got in touch with Sadie, who also hadn't heard from her. When they went to file a police report, Wallace went with them. The police went to the apartment. They thought it looked like there had been a struggle. The furniture was slightly moved. There were some missing bed sheets, but it wasn't It wasn't like a mess. It was just sort of not quite right. right. But that sort of seemed to be the extent of their investigation. And I watched a doc on ID called Bad Henry, and they said that they assumed that she had gone and gotten a hotel room 
to get away from family drama. What? I don't, can they not? Can you not just assume, maybe? Can you actually investigate? So, and then Sadie didn't notice that she wasn't around for three days either? Well, to be fair, Sadie, I mean, you know, they're grown women. She might have assumed she was staying with a guy or girl. I don't know if Caroline was straight or not, but, you know, they might. she might have assumed she was staying with someone. Okay, yeah, but if I haven't heard from you in three days... That's true. But we don't live together, so that would be even worse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Sadie should have reported it earlier, too. But, you know, no shade no shade to Sadie. It's kind of hard to say. Like, if I... It'd be like me coming home and Ryan not being here for three days and me being like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Actually, that sounds nice. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. But, <laughs> like, me just being like, oh, well, all right, then. I'll just see him whenever he gets here. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like more should have been done all around, but especially it's by the police me. officers whose job it was to investigate. They then listed her as a missing person. And then since Sadie was now living on her own without her roommate, Wallace moved in. Okay. Wallace met 20-year-old college student Shauna Hawk at the Taco Bell that they worked at. He was her manager. On February 19th, 1993, he stopped for her house one afternoon as she was coming home from classes at Piedmont Central Community College. <sighs> Shauna let him in and they talked for a while. And this would become like his normal ruse as he was leaving he went to hug her and he told her he wanted to have sex with her like i'm sorry what i don't mm-mm. like mm-mm. I mean, go ahead I and read see- the next part okay she was very reluctant but agreed so he says and she cried the entire time so that's not what happened you think because <laughs> you don't just ask and then she doesn't say yes and start sobbing that's not the way it works <laughs> yeah i don't poor shauna he did he you know he did something to threaten her or to make her feel scared and then he he raped her yeah no shit i mean no crap no but then shucks. well and then <laughs> no shucks <laughs> no shucks so then it's like a double level of pissing me off because can you not lie about what you did to this poor woman if you did it own up to it ad- admit it yeah absolutely it makes me so mad so when it was over he told her to get dressed and he took her into the bathroom he put her in his infamous chokehold until she was unconscious he ran the bath and placed her in the tub he grabbed about 50 dollars from her purse and walked out the door a few hours later shauna's mother d sumter who shauna still lived with arrived home she was surprised that shauna's car wasn't there indicating that she wasn't home yet and she also received a call alerting her that shauna hadn't picked up her godson from daycare like she was supposed to miss d called shauna's boyfriend daryl and asked him to come over and help her find shauna he found Shauna's body in the bathtub. The autopsy later revealed that she had died by ligature strangulation. Wallace later attended Shauna's funeral. I don't. Oh my god, that drives. He just pops up everywhere. He's a real psychopath. Uh, extremely. I mean, real. Yeah. So, D. Sumter, um, Shauna's mother, and Shauna's godmother, Judy Williams, founded Mothers of Murdered Offspring after Shauna's death. It is a support group for parents of murdered children. It took the police eight weeks to find Shauna's car. It was parked in her usual spot at the community college, indicating that her killer knew her routine and it was covered in dust. The seat was pushed all the way back, which meant that Shauna wasn't the last person to drive it since she was only five foot two. Eight weeks. To find it in her normal spot. In her normal spot, it took eight weeks. Yeah. The police were not investigating these crimes. No. Mm-mm. It makes like me so mad. It's so ridiculous. It's funny. Oh, and then um, he had also wiped off any place he might have left fingerprints. And that is a sort of a theme with these crimes. He seems to sort of clean up behind himself. Yeah, well. But 
I mean, he parked it in the regular spot and it took him eight weeks to find it. Yeah. Imagine if somebody had, if they'd found it the next day, if somebody, oh yeah, I saw this dude park it there. Right. <sighs> okay. Okay. On June 22nd, 1993, Wallace went to 24-year-old co-worker, Aubrey... Whoa! (laughs) All the words. Hey, June 22nd, we could have done this for our very first case. Oh. I'm glad we didn't, based on our first episode. Yeah. On June 22nd, 1993, Wallace went to 24-year-old co-worker, Audrey Spain's house. She let him in, and they smoked weed together and talked. As he was leaving, he threw her on the ground and demanded the combination to the safe at the Taco Bell they worked at. She said she didn't know it, and that upset him. He then used the same chokehold and dragged her into her bedroom where he raped her. She actually woke up during the assault, so he choked her again. Eventually, he had to use a nightgown nearby and strangled her with it. He then took her body into the shower in the bathroom to wash away any evidence, and then he placed her back on her bed. As he left, he stole her credit card. Audrey wasn't found until three days later. And I couldn't find any report about him using her credit card. So I don't know if he tried and it didn't work or I don't know. And then also I want to say that at the time of these murders, they didn't know they had been, all these women had been raped because he was, he was, they all died. I mean, when they were all found, they were all fully clothed. He was making them get dressed after. Yeah. Yeah. So they took DNA samples and stuff, but with the backlog, they didn't get results back very quickly. So they're at, at the time of these crimes they weren't aware that the women were being raped so just because they were fully clothed they wouldn't have looked into it like just in case well i mean they took samples dna samples and stuff so i don't yeah i don't know so just to bring home the point that the police were not investigating this case let's look at these last two murders so both the victims are young pretty black women they worked at the same taco bell and they were both strangled in their own homes with no sign of forced entry but despite that the no connection was made between the two murders at the time because the police didn't care they worked at the same restaurant yeah (laughs) yeah Less than two months later, Wallace had another victim. Valencia Jumper was a 19-year-old college student who was a friend of Wallace's sister. On August 9th, 1993, Wallace showed up at Valencia's apartment claiming he needed to talk to someone about a fight he had just had with Sadie. She let him in. Once he was inside, he choked her and dragged her to the bedroom where he raped her. He then told her to get dressed. While she was distracted, he wrapped a towel around her neck and choked her to death. He put her on the bed and then dumped a bottle of rum all over her. He put some beans in a pan on the stove, turned it on high, and removed the battery from her smoke detector. Finally, he lit a match, dropped it on Valencia's body, and left. Even though Valencia had no evidence of carbon monoxide poisoning, which is how most victims die in fires, and no evidence of soot in her airways, her cause of death was listed as, quote, thermal burns. Wallace attended Valencia's funeral and after his later arrest said that she was, quote, like a sister to him. So once again, the police just don't care. Nope. You don't die from burns in a fire. You just don't. And then Wallace going to the funeral again. Yep. And once again, he was a known close friend of hers. Yep. (sighs) Okay. On September 15th, 1993, Wallace stopped by Michelle Stinson's apartment. The two had met at Taco Bell where she would stop to get food for herself and her two sons who were one and three. They often chatted while she was there, and it was well known that the two were friends. That night when he visited her, he told her that he wanted to have sex with her so she should take off her clothes. I mean, you do have to be naked to have sex. I mean, I guess. Yeah, but you also have to have consent. Oh, well, yeah, that too. That's first. First. I've never had an issue with consent, so I don't know. (laughs) Michelle, the poor girl, tried to feign sickness. 
so that tells you right there that something had made her afraid to tell him no. Yeah. Yeah. She tried to feign sickness, but he didn't believe her and was furious that she tried to lie to him. He raped her on her kitchen floor. He used a chokehold on her, but for some reason decided to switch to choking her with a towel that he got from the bathroom. She was still alive, and this is when Wallace stabbed her four times in the back with a kitchen knife. He also ripped the phone from her wall, but it's not... He doesn't really say why or when that happened. Afterwards, he wiped his fingerprints from surfaces he touched in the house. At some point, the three-year-old woke up and Wallace told him to go back to sleep. Wallace then left and he disposed of the washcloth he had wiped his fingerprints with and the knife over a fence near the back of Michelle's apartment. Later, a friend of Michelle's, James Mays, stopped by and the oldest son told him that his mom was sleeping on the floor. I know. So James took the boys over to a neighbor's and called the police. That's heartbreaking. It really is. The only saving grace is that hopefully since he was so young that he doesn't remember it. I hope he doesn't. I hope. There's so many moms. Wallace killed so many young mothers. Yeah. And it's uh, like we always say the victim. There's so many more victims than just those who were murdered. Correct. It's so sad. So after Michelle's murder, there was a brief break in the crimes for a few reasons. First, after five deaths and disappearances within a five-mile radius in less than a year and a half, police had finally decided to increase the patrols in East Charlotte. The black population in this area were furious at the way the case was being handled. Yeah, duh. No yeah, shock. right? The police this part a- makes me really mad. <laughs> the police held an emergency press conference. Hours before, a new lead detective was assigned to the case, even though this detective had no previous involvement in the cases. His name was Gary McFadden, and he was, from what I could find, the only black homicide detective at the time. Why do you think he got the job? Mm-hmm. Even Detective McFadden admitted that he felt like a scapegoat, but he was determined to find the murderer. Another reason the murders stopped briefly was that Wallace had a daughter in December. Sadie was not the mother. Who was the mother? I I couldn't find it. I thought I read that, but I couldn't remember that part. The third reason was that Wallace was arrested on February 4th, 1994, under suspicion of shoplifting. He was booked and given a court date, but he never showed up. A warrant was issued for his arrest, but it appears as though there was no attempt to find him. Of Once course again, not, because he's raped people and everything else and nobody cares. So what's a little shoplifting? No biggie. Well, you would think normally it's the money stuff that gets people mad. Mm, well, no. not us, but normal, normal people. <laughs> Vanessa Mack was 25 years old. She was a single mom of two little girls, ages seven and four months. She also worked and attended college. On February 20th, 1994, Vanessa received a visit from Wallace. The two knew each other. And I couldn't really figure out how they knew each other. Either she was the sister of one of his employees at Taco Bell, or she was the sister of one of his ex-girlfriends, or I guess both. She um, was sister of somebody. She was somebody's sister. Knew. They knew. It, it was known that they knew each other. The two talked for a while, and then Wallace asked for a hug. Vanessa refused. He asked her for a drink, and when she turned to get it for him, he pulled out a pillowcase that he had brought with him and began to choke her. He wanted her bank card and pen, both of which Vanessa gave to him. He dragged her to the bedroom and raped her. He then ordered her to get dressed and then strangled her with a towel. After he left the apartment, he went to get money out of Vanessa's account. Unfortunately for him, Vanessa had given him the wrong pen, so he didn't get a dime. I loved that part. I do, too. I hate that it had to happen, but it's kind of is like she she got one over on him. She did. Good for her. The ATM did get a blurry photo of Wallace. The only distinguishing feature that they could make out was a cross earring. The next morning, Barbara Rippey, who was an older friend of Vanessa's that watched the baby for her while she worked on Sundays, which, by the way, when this happened, the older daughter was with her father, discovered Vanessa's body. So the baby was fine. 
spoiler, nothing happened to the baby. The baby was fine. But also, apparently, Vanessa's murder wasn't reported on the news. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Yes, it is. Because I, I read that, too. Yeah. So, Betty, a.k.a. Susie Balcom, was 24 years old, friends with Sadie McKnight, and an assistant manager at the Bojangles where Caroline Love had worked. On March 8, 1994, Wallace came by and asked if he could borrow her phone. When she turned her back, he attacked her. He demanded that she take off her clothes, but Betty fought hard, scratching him and biting him. Unfortunately, Wallace was too strong and he was able to overpower her. Then he raped her. He then made her get up, put her clothes on, and gave him whatever money she had in her home. He took a gold chain from her neck and then, using a towel, choked her to death. Before he left, he took her TV, VCR, and her car, which was a green pulsar. He left the apartment and went to sell his stolen goods. When he was done, he wiped the car of fingerprints and abandoned it in case the police were looking for it. However, he forgot to wipe down the trunk of the car, so he left the palm print for the police to later find. Betty's apartment was also the first time that Wallace had left a noticeable mess. The missing electronics and the furniture knocked around. So that's the only time that he did not completely clean up his scene or whatever. Yeah. He's sort of unraveling, as as they would say on Criminal Minds. But yeah, once again, Caroline Love, an earlier victim, and Betty worked together. Yeah. Which means that she worked with Sadie. And the uh, just, did Sadie not notice, like, all of her friends are dropping, like, flaws? I mean, could you imagine being like, dang, like, that's three of my coworkers that have just been, like, dead. Apparently not. I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, eventually, when he's caught, she sort of is freaked out by the fact. I don't know how she missed it. I mean, I just feel like if... If one of my friends... (laughs) I mean, yeah. Or one person I worked with, yeah. But definitely if two people that... If two people that I knew, worked with, were friends with, whatever, like, died within a certain amount of time, being murdered, I mean, I'd be like, um, um, excuse me, I think there's somebody, there's something here. Right? You know? Yeah, even if I was just afraid that I would might be next, you know? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So later that same day, March 8th, 1994, Wallace returned to the same apartment complex where he had just murdered Betty to the apartment of 18-year-old Brandy June Henderson. Wallace was friends with Brandy's boyfriend, whom she lived with, Lamar, and asked to come and he asked to come in so he could drop something off for Lamar, knowing that he was at work. Once inside, Wallace grabbed her and demanded that he give her money. She gave him what she had, which was $15 in her purse and some loose change that she had in a Pringle scan, but Wallace wasn't satisfied. He pulled her to the bed and raped her. In some reports, Brandy held her 10-month-old baby while she was attacked. He told her that he wouldn't hurt her and told her to give him a hug. When she complied, he choked her with a towel until she died. At this point, Wallace intended to steal Brandy's TV and stereo, but the baby started crying. Spoiler, the baby's fine. I wanted to include that before we went on because it really stressed me out when I started reading this. So the baby started crying. crying. So to make him be quiet, Wallace initially apparently tried to give him a pacifier. That didn't work. So he wrapped a pair of shorts around the baby's neck to make it difficult for him to breathe so he couldn't cry. With that taken care of, Wallace took what he wanted and left. Luckily, Lamar came home from work pretty quickly after and he was able to save the baby. He So the baby is totally fine. No damage. Nothing. He's he's totally fine but even though he performed cpr on brandy until help arrived she did not make it i also saw where he where wallace had gone to brandy's apartment before and when he thought lamar was supposed to be gone but lamar was still home 
Yeah, I saw that too, but I just saw that one place. So I wasn't sure if that was true. Okay. I think I saw it a couple of places. Yeah, I saw that he originally went to Brandy's first and then Lamar was home. So then he went to Betty's. Betty's and then and went back, came back to, to Brandy's later. So sometime between March 8th and March 12th, Mollis. 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 <laughs> Mollis wet with his last victim. Okay. Sometime between March 8th and March 12th, Wallace met with his last victim, Deborah Ann Slaughter. She was 35 years old and was a friend of Sadie's. Again, how does Sadie not know? Well, at this point, she might because this is this is this it. is at the yeah. end. Yeah, but Wallace did his same twisted routine and raped and strangled her. She fought back all the while accusing him of being the one to murder Betty and Brandy. So then he grabbed a knife from her purse and stabbed her 38 times in the chest and in the stomach. He again stole money for drugs from his victim. Her body was found on March 12th. The next day, on the 13th, Wallace was arrested. The police had finally made a connection between the murders of Vanessa Mack and Brandy Henderson. Then, when they discovered that Betty Balcom was murdered in the same apartment complex on the same day, they finally pieced it all together. Oh, my God. They literally had to have it laid out for them. Well, and then the next part... Go ahead. Sorry, read the next part first. Uh, Yeah. So they made a list of all the people that the victims knew, and Wallace was on all three lists. Why didn't they do this before? Ah. <laughs> why did it? Why did it take so many murders for them to do that? I don't know. Th- this is why. This is why. There was a lot of criticism saying that the police didn't care about the potential serial killer because of the types of victims. Dee Sumter, who was um, Shauna Hawk's mother, said, quote, the victims weren't prominent people with social economic status. They weren't special and they were black. Wallace confessed to all of the murders and described everything in detail. And he said he robbed and killed the women to support his crack habit. That's not why. It was the rape. Because the rape is what happened first. Right. And if you're just there for money, you would have no need to rape them. I mean, that's absolutely true. Yeah. But it wasn't about the money. Over the next couple years, Wallace's trial was delayed several times for several reasons. The choice of venue, DNA evidence, and jury selection. It finally commenced in September of 1996. Marsha Goodnow, the prosecutor, went for the death penalty. One of his defense attorneys, Isabel Day, asked for life, saying that Wallace had a mental illness and the murders were not first degree because they did not result from premeditation and deliberation. Okay, maybe you can say that for the first one. Right. But then every single one following, you know what's coming. Yeah. It didn't matter, though, because on January 7th, 1997, he was found guilty of nine counts of first-degree murder, eight counts of first-degree rape, one count of second-degree rape, two counts of first-degree sexual offense, one count of an assault on a child under the age of 12, five counts of robbery with a dangerous weapon. How do you have first-degree rape and second-degree rape? It's rape or it's not? It is, but just like there's first-degree murder and second-degree murder. Yeah, but that's dealt, that's dealing with premeditation. You don't just all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to rape this girl. I don't know. Hold on, I'm going to look at what the difference is. Because that makes me really angry. Okay, I don't see what state this is from, but for whatever state this is from, it says that rape is... Uh, rape is first degree is rape committed by a person over 18. Oh, okay. First degree rape. These are different things that include first degree rape, rape committed by a person over 18 on a person under 14. That its own should be its own category of heinous rape committed upon a person incapable through mental illness or any unsound Okay. Or any unsoundness of mind, so they can't give race, uh, consent rape accomplished where the victim is intoxicated by a narcotic or anesthetic agent. Rape accomplished where the victim is at the time unconscious of the nature of the act, and this fact is known to the accused. Rape accomplished when any person, with any person by means of force, violence, or threats of force or violence. 
So what's uh, second degree rape? Rape by instrumentation, regardless of the age of the victim or the age of the person. Everything else is second degree. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I can understand that a little bit more then. So Wallace received nine death sentences. Following yes. that news, Wallace said, none of these women, none of your daughters, mothers, sisters, or family members in any way deserved what they got. They did nothing to me that warranted their death. Duh. Kathy Love, <laughs> Caroline, I didn't even hesitate, sorry. Duh was Duh. not part of his quote. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> was me end quote duh (laughs) period duh kathy love caroline love's sister said i don't believe he's sorry he wouldn't have lied to me for two years while my sister was missing and then killed all those other women one of wallace's defense attorney said henry wallace's life is full of holes he was born into terrible circumstances circumstances most of us can't relate to for a while he was able to overcome these circumstances and the darkness inside those holes overcame him when was he ever able to overcome them i have no idea okay have no clue. Wallace later appealed his sentences. He claimed his confe- his <laughs> he did. It happened. I saw it. Wallace later appealed his sentences. He claimed his con. Oh my god. Beep. <laughs> he claimed his confessions were coerced and his constitutional rights were violated in the process. In two thousand, the North two thousand. The what? Why does that year sound so weird? In two, 2000- I have no answers for you. Okay. In the year 2000, what? The North Carolina. <laughs> what is happening? I where am I? Why is time? <laughs> in 2000, the North Carolina Supreme Court upheld the death sentences. And in 2001, the U.S. Supreme Court denied his appeal. And in 2005, Superior Court Judge Charles Lamb rejected his latest appeal to overturn his convictions and nine death sentences. Sorry, not sorry. I have a question, though. Supreme has one r but supreme has two r's you're gonna have to ask me that question again because it made no sense supreme and supreme supreme pizza supreme court one has one r the other has two r's is that true i think both have one r is it i think so it's not supreme it's not supreme no it's supreme it's like supreme court oh, pizza. i'm thinking of- I'm thinking of surprise because surprise has an R. And I'm like, where? Is I'm like, why does it have two R's in there? You were hoping for a surprise pizza. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Uh, su- surprise, surprise. It's surprise. Fe- February. February. All right. February. So hold on. So also, Wallace was not char- uh, was not tried for the murders of Sharon Nance or Tashonda Pathea. And also, this made me really mad. On yeah, June- I had this in there too. Yeah. On June 5th, 1998, Wallace married a former prison nurse, Rebecca Terehas. Why? Why? I have no idea. There's no benefit at all for her. You know what I mean? It's not like she could marry him for his money or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like he's probably not a great conversationalist. I mean, um, he might have been. He was able to get all these women to let him into their apartments. But even if he was the greatest conversationalist in this great greatest conversationalist in the world he he just no right no there is no conversation good enough (laughs) no so while in prison he also confessed to killing more women but no names have been released investigators say that if the confessions are true he's killed almost 20 20 women total and some across the world while he was with the navy he probably did like i probably did i wouldn't either because he doesn't seem to really stop yeah i believe it so then i saw this also on an article and i really thought it was a good point yeah i saw this too i had it in my notes too early in 1994 the police department that was basically doing nothing to catch this dude 
called the FBI and they were like, we need help. We don't know what to do. It's so hard. So <laughs> I imagine that's how the, the call went. And then the FBI was like, we got other stuff to do. I need an adult. <laughs> Apparently they should have gotten a different adult because the FBI said that the murderers was not the work of a serial killer. And they said that Wallace didn't fit the profile because he was black. Mm-hmm. And serial killers are also supposed to kill strangers while Wallace killed friends and co-workers. So one dude, sorry, this is funny. One dude, Robert Ressler, who was an FBI expert on serial killings, said that if Wallace had chosen to become a serial killer, he was going about it the wrong way. <laughs> Seems to me like he didn't because he killed a bunch of women. There's so, no, he acts like Wallace was supposed to read the How to Become a Serial Killer handbook. No, it's like he's trying to say that he didn't mean to become a serial killer. What? That's what it sounds that, like he's saying to me. Is that a thing? I accidentally killed all these women. Oopsie. Oopsie daisy. Okay, so this was the part that I found like such a good point. So the police department um, said after Wallace was caught, the reason we couldn't catch him is because we don't have any experience in catching serial killers. But then the FBI says that he didn't act like a serial killer. He was killing right, people so that it? he knew. So which was it? So all they really had to do was go through the crimes and figure out who knew who. They could have done that after the first three kill the first three murders. They could have done yeah, that. Hundred percent. So yeah, I have a lot of problems with the Charlotte Police Department in this particular case. Especially when they put the token black guy in charge. Right. Which also, by the way, when they did the <laughs> the Bad Henry documentary and the reenactments, he 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 played himself. He did not. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kinda not mad at it though. Um I I would do the same thing. <laughs> Nobody could get my essence the way that I can. I but just yes, this whole case. This whole case is trash. Yeah, it's really trash. And it wasn't investigated because it was poor women of color and nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah. Welcome just... to America. Hooray. We have serial killers and terrible health care and a terrible justice system. So I did have. But we can have our guns. Yes, all of them. Okay. So to the what you were saying about or what they were saying that most serial killers are white and not black. There has actually been an increase. The balance is now tipping to where there's more black serial killers than white serial killers. I have such a theory about that. So in 19, I'm just going to pick a few years. Uh, 1950, 70% of serial killers were white and 30% were black. Um, In 1980, 53% were white and 36% were black. 2000, 32% of serial killers were white, 54% were black. And then in 2010, 30% were white and almost 60% were black. What's your theory? I have a theory. So I think they're catching the white killers after only one murder because white serial killers tend to go after white victims. So the crimes are more likely to be investigated. Whereas more, if there's uh, people of color who are victims, they're not going to investigate that as harshly as they do when white people are killed. And they do typically kill their own um within their same race with their own race yeah yep that's that, that's good that's point. my theory that's good i just Thank thought you. that was i just thought that was weird though it is weird and i wondered I, I started thinking about why is that true because black people are not more um psychologically inclined toward violence they're just not so i thought why why would that happen the victims they don't care as much about black victims as they, as they do about white victims Therefore, they're catching the white killers before they become serial killers. Yeah. Like you just said with um, 
that they're not more prone to um to violence uh duh white people are because if like look at like slavery you know what i mean yes like not trying to be funny but if if black people were the ones more prone to violent white people would have been the slaves yes that's absolutely true plus if you look at jobs like prison guards overwhelmingly white white yeah anyways so yes that that's my theory i have no idea if that's true or not i haven't investigated or anything but that's that's what i think that's a good one thank you i approve i, I think a, i agree with that yeah it's a terrible one but i i think it has validity yeah 100 percent. look at us solving all the problems <laughs> coming up with the unsubstantiated theories for the problems we can't get our mics to be in the correct position but we can solve everything else <laughs> that's a lot don't put that on us oh that's too much wait oh that whole case this whole case makes me mad give me happy ending okay so i don't have that many today because i knew this case was a lot a lot so our birthdays for today march 8th in 1959 lester holt was born oh from um the dateline he's from a lot of the stuff <laughs> but he's all also uh, he's also does the nightly news yeah with lester holt so he tells me all my terrible things that have happened throughout the day <laughs> Oh, he's such a good one. Uh, and then in 1976, Freddie Prince Jr. was born. Yes. And then in 1977, James Vanderbeek was born. So it's like all the big guys from the 90s. James Vanderbeek, um, Dawson from Dawson Creek, Dawson's Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah. He also, sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. He also played the um, serial killer in Criminal Minds with the ID. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who was <Yes>. the angel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. What was I thinking? <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Okay. Give me murder. <laughs> so events for March 8th. So today, March 8th, is apparently International Women's Day. Because why give us equal pay and equal rights when we could just have one day a year? Um, so <laughs> I don't really know why it's March 8th. Because the first time it seemed to be celebrated actually happened in February. And it happened in... In 1909, when the Socialist Party of America celebrated 15,000 women who protested long work hours, low pay, and the lack of voting rights in New York City. So thank you, socialists. We really do appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) So then. Wait. So now I still work long hours. But you don't have low pay. Low pay. You get decent pay. And you you can vote. Although apparently you don't because you had no idea who our governor was. (laughs) (laughs) I've never voted in my life. That's the saddest thing I think I've ever heard you say. Susan B. Anthony shamed you. Shame from Susan B. Anthony. I think you just put a hex on me. That's bad juju. Good. Go vote. Okay. So speaking of Susan B. Anthony, in 1884, Susan B. Anthony addressed the U.S. House Judiciary Committee, arguing for an amendment to the United States Constitution, hoping to grant the women the right to vote. This was 16 years after legislators first introduced a federal women's suffrage amendment that didn't go through. So she did that. Why are they so against it? Because women are dumb and delicate. So, and plus they wanted to control us. And then, so in eighteen eighty, that happened in 1884. The 19th Amendment, which gave the women the right to vote, wasn't ratified until August 18th, 1920. Oh, no. Yeah. That's a long time. So they were really determined not to give us the right to vote. So you should say, screw you, you dead white guys. I'm going to vote. All the votes. I'm going to have all the votes. Yes. I'm going to go to all the votings. Yes, please do. Then... This is a this is a silly one. Then in 1972 was the first flight of the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> I don't know why that made me so happy. That gave me the warm and fuzzies. 
You're welcome. Thank you for that. Who caught your eye this week? When I went to Fairfax, there was, um, like, when I went to check in at the hotel, there was a super, super cute dude there. I don't remember his name, but he had, like, all these tattoos, and he had these long eyelashes, and he was, like, tall, but he was kind of skinny, but he was so adorable, and he was so sweet, and he was so nice. Was There's nobody person. that I can look up. And then, um, maybe it's Darcy again from Thor. Okay, fair enough. I don't need to look her up. I know she's gorgeous. Because she's, we were watching them, you know, in chronological order. Okay. Yeah. And I just, I cannot get enough for her. Like, just her as a person and then her as Darcy in the movie is just, I just, I want to give her, whoa. Nothing without her consent. I was going to say I want to give her snuggles, but, you know, whatever. You made it weird. That's not where I I thought you were going somewhere much creepier. Sorry. Okay. Where are y'all in your chronological (laughs) rewatch? Thor. We we gotta watch Thor the second Thor Jr. Oh, that's one of the worst ones. What? That movie itself is not very good. Darcy's good in it, but that movie itself is not very good. But it's Darcy. There's Thor, and then there's Loki. Yeah, but this it's just kind of like I feel like that when I do my rewatches, I always feel like I kind of I just have to get through this one. <laughs> I love Loki so much. I'm sure he loves you too. <gasps> okay, I don't speak for Loki. <laughs> I don't know why he got so oh. excited. <laughs> so is he gonna call like after Chad Michael Murray calls or uh, immediately after? Okay, I think they can call at the same time. Speak. For, I mean, what is it? The three way call? Yeah, three way call. Sure, three way call. Air quotes around the word call. <laughs> <laughs> Three-way something. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Something that's going to happen is going to be three. <laughs> and then we're going to go get Mexican food. <laughs> I like how they get absolutely no say in this at all. <laughs> they'll, they'll like it. Trust me. It's fine. Again, I say consent is real. Okay. Who caught your eye? So, <laughs> mine's so cheesy. So, you know, when I do my editing and my research and everything, I like to have something on in the background and I don't want it to be something that I really have to pay attention to that sure. much. Yeah. So uh, I started watching Jane the Virgin on Netflix. Is it good? I really like it. I wasn't expecting to like it. I really like it. And wait, did you finish Brooklyn Nanan? Oh yeah, I finished that two weeks ago, I think, last week. Oh, okay. It was fantastic too. It's really good. And the ending's really good. Like you should watch that for sure. Anyway, so yeah. I really like yeah. Jane the Virgin. It's over dramatic and over the top and ridiculous, but they lean into it and they kind of make fun of themselves that it's ridiculous and over the top and ridiculous. And Jane the Virgin's mom reminds me of you. They're in the hospital and she's saying, like Jane's decided to keep to stay a virgin until she gets married and then she gets artificially inseminated. Do you know the story? No, no. She gets all. accidentally and artificially inseminated. Um, and she goes and she can't figure out what's wrong with her so she goes to the doctor and she gets a pregnancy test and her mom's like oh, did you and michael finally have sex and she gets so excited and she's like no i didn't and i'm like ashley <laughs> that's her she's constantly telling her to just go have sex like <laughs> they'll they'll go to church together and her mom the grandmother will have to tell jane's mom that she needs to button her shirt up more <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I'm now super into oh. the show. But oh. I really, really like it. And I think you'll have a crush on, on Jane's dad. I think you'll have a crush on him. He's old. I'm not old, but he's like older and ridiculous and over the top. And I love him. <laughs> and the, but the guy, you're looking it up. Hold on. I'll let you look him up first. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? 100%. Okay, so the guy that I have a crush on, <laughs> he is so hot. I had to pause when he first came on the screen because he made me want to vomit. In the sh- I have no idea what the actor's name is. In the show, his name is Raphael, and he has got one of the sweetest smiles. <laughs> oh, he does have a good smile. Look at his face. Yeah, so I love him so much. And yeah, I could. Yeah. Okay. I hope if it was real life, I tell her to go for the other guy. But for the show, I'm going to tell her to go for him. And I don't think they're going to end up together, though. Oh. Anyways, I'm way more invested in it than I expected to be. It was supposed to be a background show, but now I'm super invested. And then there's this blonde woman in the show that I think there's I think she's supposed to be the villain. But I kind of really like her. <laughs> I'm kind of already rooting for her to win the show. <laughs> Fair enough. It happens that way sometimes. I don't know why, because she does bad things, but I'm sort of like, why am I rooting for you, though? <laughs> I mean, like, I always tell Ryan, like, because I love, like, gangster movies and stuff like uh-huh. that, and I always want them to, like, come out on top in the end. Uh-huh. Like, Wolf of Wall Street, like, why did he have to go and get arrested? <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Or what's the other one? Um, War Dogs. Like, why did they go to prison? I was rooting for them the whole time. Sorry. So I don't I, get I don't it. care for gangster movies. But yeah, so I'll keep you updated on how that goes. Okay. But so far I, I have a crush on 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 Raphael and, and Petra, which is the the blonde lady's name. Petra. Cuz I just I, I have a feeling she's going to be I have a feeling. Oh, she just, looks like a But I sort of have like a, a feeling just based on how her and the main girl Jane interact. I have a feeling that she's going to turn around and she's going to be like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. I have this feeling. I'll keep you updated, but I, I just have a feeling. <laughs> you are super invested in this. I am invested in the show. Please calm down, ma'am. It reminds me of all those those Korean dramas that I watched when I was in high school. Okay. That's what I got for you this week. Jane the Virgin. That's it? That's it all done? All done. That's it all done. So that was our case for March 8th, 1994. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go eat okay. some Captain Crunch now. Okay, enjoy your crunch. Oh, love you, miss you, bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Amen. <gasps> Amen. Okay, sorry. I did not get the memo. It's your job to memo me. Memo? Do you memo. memo people? Is memo a verb? Can you memo something? Memorandum? Is that what it is? Little memorandum? <laughs> <laughs> I just got invested in the conversation again. What are we talking about? Oh my God. I miss your face so much. I can't wait to see you. Jesus. So no, we weren't okay. talking about Lynn Manuel Miranda? <laughs> no. Memorandums. Me- memos. Me- what? By a railroad. By what? Wallace Pilk. What? <laughs> my my phone isn't charged so i had to i have to charge it and it doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't i mean same (laughs) i'm sorry you got touched in target (laughs) and it wasn't it wasn't even fun (laughs) if he's a ghost it would just be air right okay but how's it gonna go no they're like ghosts made of (gasps) oh god (laughs) i don't think ghosts can get boners i think that's the point why are ghosts no i mean like i just licked that I say that. It's a not lot. the first time. <laughs> Ew, I just looked that gross. <laughs> no, it's usually, ooh, I just looked that. <laughs> you said it wrong. I fixed it for you. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, and also, okay, hear me out. No, for heaven's sakes, I hate when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everybody say that? <laughs> because if you're about to say something normal, it needs no introduction. 